you as the business owner are ultimately responsible. And that's, I think, one of the things that's really positive and but also really negative about today's kind of day and age. It's so easy to start a business. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be their own business owner. They want to work independently. They want to be in charge of their own schedule. And it's so easy to get started. Mm -hmm. But it's also so easy to get started the wrong way. Yeah, it would behoove you to do it the right way. It would behoove you (laughs) to do it the right way. Do some Googling. Do some research. Take that responsibility. (laughs) Take that personal responsibility to get set up the right way. Welcome to the Know Your Worth show, where we teach you how to think about your money differently so that you can achieve your sexy money goals. I'm Sydney, your money maven and owner of Know Your Worth. And I'm Kristen, Sid's dime piece bestie, team member, and busy mama twins, here to make sure that those of us without a financial degree can still level up with each episode. Let's get started on reaching your next goal. Hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Know Your Worth podcast. I am your co-host, Sydney, and your money maven. And I am Kristen, Sid's assistant and BFF. Yeah. And we are on episode nine of the Know Your Worth podcast. Yeah. How was your Thanksgiving? It was great. Yeah. yeah it was a really nice weekend. Really relaxing. Yeah. Did, did a lot of the the stuff that we wanted to do this weekend. So yeah, it was a That's great awesome. time. How was That's yours? Awesome. It was good. It good. was great. Yeah, yeah. Lots of food. Lots of family. The best. Can't ask for more. Yeah, absolutely. We hope you all had a wonderful holiday weekend and you enjoyed it to the fullest. Mm-hmm. We hope that you were able to get some good shopping if it was within your budget. Mm-hmm. And slipped outside my budget a little bit. Yep. So I'm going to have to look at that with you. <laughs> we did a pretty good job at our house. Did you? Yeah. Did you yeah. do like the Cyber Monday, the Black Friday? I always forget to do Cyber Monday. So yeah. we did do some Black Friday shopping. And it's nice they have the online deals over yeah. the weekend, too. Do you too. guys go, like, wait in line places? We don't. We no. don't do that. Oh, we used God, to. No. We oh, used to. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, we did. We really liked it, actually. Well, it was a lot of fun. made it super fun. It was a blast. Yeah. No. Blast. I would make it stressful and ruin it for everybody. <laughs> but you probably made it fun. <laughs> I'm sure it was very enjoyable. What we're doing now is we are starting the entrepreneurship series of mm-hmm. the podcast. What we're doing with these couple episodes that will be sequential from here, and we'll always add to it as we get more questions, comments, and concerns from you guys about what you want to know related to this topic. But what we're going to do is really start from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to cover business structure. How do you choose a business structure? What is a business structure? And then some of the pros and cons of each of them. Okay. Yeah. So throughout our series, our plan is to start with like, hey, I have this idea for a business. Mm -hmm. What do I do first? What do I do next? Where am I now? And then we're going to move on to if I start making money, where do I want to invest and things like that. So Exactly. We've gotten a lot of questions from you guys about like, I have this idea for a business. How do I monetize it? How do I start it? And so that's what gave us the idea. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. So what's a business structure? So Do I have one? <laughs> you do. You do. Oh you do have a business structure. I'm so much better than uh, I thought of this. <laughs> so when you're choosing a business structure, it's for legal purposes and taxation purposes. That's what the business structure is related to. Okay. There are a few different ones. And the main ones that we're going to talk about today are the sole proprietorship, mm-hmm. the partnership, mm-hmm. the LLC, the S-Corp, and the C-Corp. Those are the main ones. Does everybody need a business structure? So if you don't have a business structure and you have an EIN number, if you just applied, you're probably a sole proprietorship. If you just get an EIN number and you don't know what you are Mm -hmm. and it's just you as the only owner, you are most likely a sole proprietorship or a single member LLC. Am I a sole proprietorship? That's what we would have to look. So you're either structured. Yeah, you're either structured as a sole proprietorship or a single member LLC. But I remember getting a little piece of paper that was like, this is your LLC. Yes. I would say generally people 
are filing as an LLC, a single member LLC. When you file as a sole proprietorship and as a single member LLC, those two to quickly jump ahead and then we'll come back, you are filing your taxes as a pass-through entity. So it's coming on to your personal taxes. So a lot of the times you can just use your social security number and your income for your business is tied to your social security. Mm -hmm. You report your taxes on a schedule C. You don't have to report your taxes like a whole separate business entity. It's a different tax form. And we're not going to get into the form numbers or anything like that because there's no need and you won't remember them. Like you look them up anyway. And we rely on our tax accountants for a lot of those, Mm -hmm. but it's a different form. When you are a single member LLC or a sole proprietorship, you are filing your taxes through a Schedule C on your personal return. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's back it up. The moral of that story is, is you can have a functioning business for six years and have no idea if you have an LLC or a sole proprietorship. So yeah. So let's back up. Yep. And it's okay. If you have your EIN number, Mm -hmm. I would say most you're a single member LLC for the most part. Look into what you filed and look into what you Mm -hmm. registered with. But we're talking about today, if you haven't done that yet, what we would recommend you doing and... What your options. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So So walk us through the options for and what they all mean. So the sole proprietorship is an unincorporated business with a single business owner. What that means is if you start a business by yourself and you didn't register with any business entity you would be considered a sole proprietorship. So you didn't register. It's your social security number Mm -hmm. is what's carrying your business there. What are you selling? What could you be possibly selling? Anything. Yeah, you could be selling. You you could be selling anything. I would say that this typically happens with more service-based businesses because if you have a product that you're selling and you have a sales tax ID and things like that, I would say you want a little bit more protection. protection. So you were probably guided in a way to have an LLC That would be my experience. Obviously, everything that we're saying here, you absolutely should consult with your lawyer. You Mm -hmm. absolutely should consult with your CPA that you're filing your taxes with and talk them through what's the most beneficial for you in your situation. But the different structures have different levels of protection for you, just like you said. Okay. Um, So sole proprietorship is like, I'm a freelance web designer. Yes. I do freelance copywriting. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. There's no exchange of goods. It's more of an exchange of work. And so there there can be an exchange of goods, Mm -hmm. but again, I would say in a typical fashion, it's an exchange of services. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're easy to dissolve. There's less paperwork than the other entities. Like we said, it is a pass-through when it comes to taxes. So it will get filed on your personal return with just you or your family's tax return through a Schedule C. Can you write things off if you're a sole proprietor? Yes, you can. You can. So if you're an independent contractor, you can have things that are absolutely business expenses. Like my Canva account, my whatever programs I use to charge my customers, like Stripe or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, I feel so smart. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're you're totally right. You're totally right. (laughs) The big red flag when it comes to sole proprietorship is there is no personal liability protection with the sole proprietorship. What does that mean? Say as a contractor, Mm -hmm. you are working for a client and they sue you for the work that you did, that it was wrong or inaccurate or for whatever other reason, you get sued by a client, a customer, they can come after your personal assets. Like my house, my kids. Mm-hmm. Not your, your kids. We're taking your firstborn child. Yes, absolutely. They are up for grabs by your clients. So protect them. Yeah, no, mine were expensive. So. It's good value. You yeah, got to protect that's that. True. That's true. Okay. 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 Great to know. Yes. Okay. You want to make sure that you are protecting your assets. So you when you have a soul, <laughs> yes, you must protect this house. Absolutely. You're you're right. You're right. 
So you want to set up that protection most of the time. It is much okay. easier to just have a sole proprietorship. It, like you said, you can just get started. You just go with it. But your personal assets can be at risk should anything go awry. So this might be something if you're starting out a business, you're not sure how it's going to go. So I'm just going to like dip my toe into this contracting world. And right. then it blows up. You have clients left and right. You're like, I need more protection yes. because I'm bringing more people into my house. Yes, exactly. Metaphorically. And yes, okay. exactly. And okay. so what I've heard from a few people that have come from the, the very beginnings of their businesses, if you are a sole proprietorship or you don't have any IN yet, that doesn't mean you don't have a business. Oh, that's interesting. If you are operating a business, mm -hmm. you are collecting money for a good or a service that you are performing and people are issuing you 1099s or you're being paid for those services, you need to file those taxes. Mm -hmm. Like I said, they're on your personal return. It's not a separate business return, but you should be claiming that as income on your personal taxes. Mm -hmm. If you're not, you should start. That's where you're, Call your you're opening up the risk to your own personal assets okay, and your own personal liability. So if you have a business that you're operating and you're not claiming that income, you really should. Just because you don't have, if someone asks you and you don't know what you are, you don't have the EIN, but you are operating a business, you are liable for those taxes. And you can absolutely have risk associated with that that you should be very much aware of. Mm -hmm. okay. Not to scare anyone, but but a little bit. Get Get going on get that. Your ducks yeah, in row. get Listen your ducks to the in rest row. of the episode. Exactly. Call your accountant. Exactly. So next up from a sole proprietorship, what's the next step up? The next step up is a partnership. Okay. So the partnership is when two or more people mm -hmm. agree to perform these trades in the businesses. They're dividing profits and losses, but they don't incorporate. That's a partnership. Do so they have an EIN number. Yes, and no, you can file as a partnership. Okay. But again, if it's you and your friend, you're starting a business. That can be considered a partnership too. You haven't incorporated. Okay. So you don't have that like legal structure. You're paying um, taxes, but you don't have legal. Yes. And they are passed through taxes there as well. On each person's personal return? Yes, exactly. God, I'm on fire. <laughs> Normally, yes. It's all the caffeine. Go ahead. Yes. I'm getting this. I hope you guys are getting it. Too. <laughs> With that, that can absolutely offer some flexibility and that you can get started, you can get into business, but you need to make sure that you understand and know the person that you're doing this with because sure. you don't have a defined legal structure. Mm -hmm. So some of the cons of that are that you need to agree on critical business decisions before they come up mm -hmm. because when you get into a situation that, oh, crap, this person did this, this person did this and you don't have an agreement on how that should be handled, it's not in the operating documents of... You're letting yourself open to right. exactly. protecting your house. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay. You want to make sure that you absolutely know what you're getting into and who you're getting into this partnership with. You still have to file an annual information report with that one, but it's still taxed as a pass-through on your personal. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Next then step up, a little we more get, protection. Yes, is the LLC. I would say this is the most common one that I interact with. Okay. Is the single member or multi-member LLC. So you can be in an LLC by yourself or you can be an LLC with a partner or yes. multiple, par multiple exactly. partners. Okay. Head exactly. What are pros and cons to an LLC? Some of the pros are that you do have limited liability protection over your assets. What's important with this, though, is that you're keeping your assets separate, your business and your personal. So this is where... 
you want to make sure that you have a separate bank account for your business Mm -hmm. and it's underneath your EIN number Mm -hmm. and that you have it separated. Because if you have a clear separation of your business assets and your personal assets, your personal assets are not at risk. So two questions. Mm -hmm. With an LLC, you're filing business taxes and personal taxes. So all of your yes? So yes and no. It can be both. Yeah. (laughs) You're good. These are really good questions. Okay. So you can be an LLC and file taxes. If you're a single member LLC, you're filing taxes on your Schedule C. Mm-hmm. So it, again, it's passed through. It goes under your personal return. It's filed as a Schedule C. Mm-hmm. If you have a multi-member LLC, mm-hmm. you are receiving a K-1 document mm-hmm. that will split the income of your business. Amidst those multi-members. Yes, exactly. And then okay. it is again filed with your personal return then. So you take that file and you would submit it to your tax accountant and they would then file it with your Personal. Personal returns. Second question is you keep referencing an EIN number. Mm-hmm. How does a person get one if they don't have Yeah, one? absolutely. So you can get an EIN number with a, a lawyer that will help you form your business. You have to fill out certain paperwork and forms to submit for an EIN number. You can also do it through LegalZoom or a couple different sites like LegalZoom. I've done it both ways for some of our businesses. So for a single member LLC I did for the bookkeeping business, I did it through LegalZoom. And what was nice about LegalZoom is they have a registered agent service. If I get any paperwork, it goes through LegalZoom and then I get notified. I don't have to put my personal address out there so that someone can't search my LLC and see my home address. It goes through the registered agent service. So LegalZoom offers that. So do a bunch of other sites. Or you can go through a lawyer. So what we did for the Golf Academy, and that's a multi-member LLC with my husband, my brother-in-law, and my sister. Mm -hmm. We went through a lawyer. He helped fill out all that paperwork. He also helped us fill out all of the operating documents. What are the ownership percentages? When it comes down to a vote, there's four of us. So if it's an even two and two, how do we decide? And so who has, if it's that someone has one extra percentage or it comes down to an unbiased party comes in or whatever that looks like, you have to write an operating document when you have more owners in your business there. It protects you with that. It helps operate the company so that you know how to proceed in the operations. Like A, B, or C happens. Exactly. Okay, I have a basic question. So mm-hmm. you have to have an EIN number to have an LLC. Yes. Do you have to have an EIN number to have a partnership or sole proprietorship? No. You can just start your business. Yeah. This is like one of those choose your adventure stories. Remember when you were little? Like if you want the character to do this, turn to page 85. Mm-hmm. That's what this yep. feels like. Okay. Yep. So sole proprietor and partnership, you're just like hit the ground running. Yeah. You might not have any you're IN You're just number. like running rogue with your social security number. <laughs> <laughs> and then LLC, it's like you're getting a little more serious. Yes. You're getting an EIN number. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. It's like getting a little ribbon. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I hope this is helping you guys. I know, really, though. I hope it is, too. With that. Okay, so we were talking about the pros. Are there any cons to having? Yeah, and there there are some. With the cons of the LLC, it's a little bit higher in the formation costs. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing like... Like 500 bucks, like... Yeah, it depends on the state what you're that you're filing in. So you okay. pick the state that you want to file in and pay taxes. And then if it's a state that collects taxes for your business. So a lot of people you hear file in Delaware because the taxation in Delaware is much different and much more lenient than in other states. But you have to have an address in that state. So can it be like a P.O. box? 
I think. You know what? I'd have to check on that. But I believe it, I I believe it can be appealed. It might need to be a physical address, but I actually don't know that the answer to that question. Okay. I... Just for ease, went through Pennsylvania for all of them. I know that they're, yeah, I just, I I didn't see a need to file in a different state. I'm here. This is where my business operates out of. So we filed in Pennsylvania. I would say that if if you're looking to really gain some like, I don't know, additional insight on why you would file in Delaware or in another state like that, I would really consult with your lawyer or your CPA to make sure that you're setting that up appropriately. Okay. There are a couple websites too that will help you with the setup process completely. They'll get you registered on every site. CorpNet is the one that we utilize and we work with. Yeah, they get you registered. They get you set up. They'll get you set up for sales tax collection, for payroll filings. Mm -hmm. What I would recommend is from the beginning, file with them, Mm -hmm. and they will then take care of any filings that you need. Interesting. So they're a good one that we work with in our business to make sure that if there's setting up uh, one of the ones that we went with them first was setting up for nonprofits because mm-hmm. that was new for me when I helped a client set up a nonprofit and I wanted to make sure mm-hmm. I had everything appropriate. So, so we went through CorpNet with them to make sure that it was all set up the right way. Is there an expense with that? Obviously? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, for the nonprofit that we were just looking to have set up through Pennsylvania, I believe that the CorpNet fee ended up being like $800 in total. That paid all the filing fees. It paid all the processing fees. I think it was $800 for the nonprofit. So it might be different for other entities. We've only used CorpNet for nonprofit filings that I have assisted with. Walk away from CorpNet with your EIN, your LLC, like just in a little pretty package. Mm -hmm. Like, here you go. Yep. Okay. That's cool. Sales tax ID. They help with all payroll stuff, all of that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Business idea. I know. It's a really good one. So there is resources out there. I would really recommend getting all of your ducks in a row before you go and take the first step with like registering on, if you're in Pennsylvania, my path, registering here, registering there. Because if you are looking at like something like CorpNet, they'll make sure that you have every box checked off. I've had a lot of clients that have started the process on one site and then not finished it on another site. Mm -hmm. And then they're like getting letters in the mail like, I thought I registered for this and they didn't. And it's because they didn't know all of it. You need to make sure that a part of this you register with your state taxes, your local taxes, federal, all of that, EIN for federal, and then also making sure that you register with the state Mm -hmm. and making sure that you register with your local. If you have a a local business, you need to register with the locality that you're in to make sure that you are registered as a a business in that locality. I think a lot of people forget that. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Who is supposed to tell people to do that? Like, how do they know? There's not a lot of resources out there that bring everything all together. So that's where CorpNet and sites like that are really good because they really do bring it all together. And you have to pay for that service. But for the peace of mind, knowing that you have everything checked off. You don't get like down the road where you're like, I'm filing my taxes and I have all this money and all of these taxes due. Yeah. And oh, wait, you didn't register as a exactly in your county. Is that Berkheimer? Like what I get a letter yeah. from? Yep. Yep, exactly. And we've had clients that have been like they open up another storefront or they're in this township where the Berkheimers, they're like taxing entity or that they need to be registered Mm -hmm. and they get it in the mail and they're like, what is this? And they'll come to me as their bookkeeper. And I'm like, did you register as a business? And they're like, well, no, like you didn't do that or didn't do that. (laughs) I'm like, no, that's not that's not what I do. That's not I don't I didn't know that you didn't do that. There are a lot of times alerts like when you go to register for like a payroll, say you have employees and you are paying your employees, if you're paying through ADP or Gusto or QuickBooks, you need to enter those ID numbers because they will remit the taxes for you and file the tax Mm -hmm. filings for you. But if you don't have that information in there, you'll get alerts. They'll send you alerts like 
what's this number? We're not going to pay. What's this number? We're not going to file. And you'll have a countdown on whatever it is that after, if you don't let us know in 30 days, we're not going to continue service because they're now paying employees and you're not collecting the appropriate taxes for it. So you will get alerts if you use some of those sites, but that's for certain. I'm taking a quick break in this episode because I think for us business owners who don't have an accounting degree, we all pretty much agree that taxes are the worst part of running our businesses, right? Thankfully, Sydney put together three guides for us to make it so much simpler to tackle this part of our business. The first is the monthly bookkeeping checklist, which includes the tasks we need to do weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annually. I would not survive without this. Then you're going to want to check out the guide on the 75 plus tax write-offs so you can make sure you're including all of the right expenses when you go to do your bookkeeping so you're not overpaying. And the final guide you need is the tax planning questions to ask your accountant, which is going to make you 10 times more confident when talking to someone who is helping you with your taxes. The links for all of these guides are in the show notes for you. Now back to the episode. So the moral of the story is, is if you are moving forward with a legitimate business, yes. it would, I'm going to use a word that my mom uses. It would behoove you. I was you. just going to say, you're going to say behoove. <laughs> yes. It would behoove she you. She always uses that word and I was like, it would behoove you. <laughs> Why, mom? She doesn't listen to these, but Diana, shout <laughs> out. Okay. So it would behoove you. <laughs> it would behoove you. Have Five hundred to a thousand dollars set aside that you can go to CorpNet and be like, I just want to make sure all the boxes are checked off and yeah. I am set up legitimately. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. or have a sit down conversation with someone like you or a CPA or a friend who has a business in the same locality that you do to say, make me a checklist or help mm-hmm. me make a checklist of all the things I need to do so I'm not screwed later. Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Cool. Okay. Because I feel like we're both very ADHD. Do you feel like we covered LLCs? I do. I feel like we... So I'm going to come back to it after we go through the S-Corp because there's another note that I want to make sure I touch on for LLC owners when it comes to payroll. I can't believe you knew I was going to say behoove anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Whenever you you were like, I'm going to say a word. I'm like, it's behoove. It's behoove. (laughs) You're definitely going to say behoove. Okay. (laughs) We're like really synced up. Okay. So S-Corp. Okay. So an S-Corp is uh, the tax classification for a business that has elected pass-through income, losses, deductions, and credits that are also going to go on the shareholder's tax return. So again- Who's a shareholder? The shareholder, the owners of the business. So yeah, the owner of the business, the shareholder of the business is the one in charge. And not necessarily the one in charge if you have like employees where they have different job titles, but like you are the shareholder of the business. With the S-Corp, you're avoiding the double taxation- Okay. What does that mean? Double taxation means that as a an LLC partnership, sole proprietorship, you have to pay self-employment taxes. Okay. You pay whatever tax bracket you're in okay. on the net income of the business. Okay. And your payroll from your business, if you are a single member LLC, a multi-member LLC, an LLC that's paying taxes as a sole proprietorship or a sole proprietorship or partnership, you are paying yourself through owner draw, owner draws. You can okay. take money out of the business, yep. but it is not considered a business deduction, a, a taxable deduction when you pay yourself. Mm-hmm. It gets paid through the equity mm-hmm. on the balance sheet from, you know, the episode we did a couple weeks ago. Uh, yes, the one that yes. really stretched my brain. <laughs> so you are paying yourself through your equity, your owner draw. Okay. So you are not reducing your tax liability as your business mm-hmm. when you are a sole proprietorship, single member LLC, multi-member LLC partnership, 
and the LLC is when you're paying as a sole proprietorship. When you're an LLC, you can elect to be an S-Corp, to be taxed as an S-Corp, or you can elect to be taxed as a sole proprietorship. So if you are an LLC that is taxed as a sole proprietorship, you're paying yourself through owner's equity. Okay. You're paying yourself through owner draw. Okay. You can take money out of the business whenever you want. It's not reducing your tax liability. Got it. When you are an S-Corp or when you are an LLC electing to pay taxes as an S-Corp, you are on your company's payroll. So you are paying payroll taxes every time you pay yourself. So you have a salary and it is a reasonable salary that is set for your industry mm -hmm. that you should think about and, and work with your CPA or your tax accountant on to make sure that it's appropriate. And you can still take distributions, but you are paying yourself payroll. You are on payroll. You are. Okay. So when you are an LLC or a partnership or a sole proprietorship and you're taxed as a sole proprietorship, if you're that LLC, you have to pay a self-employment tax. So you pay whatever tax bracket you're in because it's being taxed on to your personal return. So if you're in a 22% tax bracket, paying 22%. But then there's also a self-employment tax assessed on top of that. Okay. That is the double taxation. You're avoiding double taxation on the corporate income when you are filing as an S-Corp. Okay. Yeah. Somehow I think I followed that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. So yes, we can reduce the owner's self-employment taxes when you file as an S-Corp. Why would somebody want to file as an S-Corp? What are the benefits of that for them? So mainly that reduction in the double taxation. Okay. Sometimes this changes a little bit and there's some regulations on what type of businesses, when you can switch and things like that. You need to prove certain things. So again, talk to your tax accountant to, to confirm when it's the right time for you. But a typical threshold is around $50,000 of profit. When you are making $50,000 of profit as a single member LLC or a sole proprietorship partnership, you should think about transitioning to an S-Corp. So all of these things are like walking up a staircase with your business. Yes. <laughs> like as you grow, mm -hmm. your liability, the way you want to protect yourself grows. Yes. Okay. Yes. When you are paying that self-employment tax under $50,000, it's typically more beneficial to just pay that self-employment tax and have it be a pass-through. It's just mm -hmm. not – when you hit that $50,000 threshold, it becomes more beneficial to switch. Okay. Yeah. So if you have an LLC, a single-member LLC, you can elect to then become an LLC that files as an S-Corp. You have to submit that paperwork by March 15th of the current year. If you want to be an S-Corp in 2023 – for the year of 2023, you have to file this paperwork before March 15th of 2023. If you want to be an S-Corp for 2024, submit it now. Mm -hmm. You could submit it right now, but you have until March 15th of 2024 to become an S-Corp for 2024. Just a note there, anytime you send any change or election forms to the IRS, you should keep a copy of that form. You should scan it. You should keep a copy of it. You should date it. And then you should send it certified mail and keep the receipt and staple that to the form. Anytime you send anything to the IRS that has to be in by a deadline or just in general. When we elected to uh, submit as an S-Corp, we filed before March 15th, but we got a letter in the mail saying that we were approved for 2024 for the next mm -hmm. year. And we were like, no, we, we filed before the deadline, but they didn't get it until after. Mm -hmm. and Or they didn't review it until after. Mm -hmm. So then we had to go back and write a letter and, like prove, and it. prove it and then send that certified mail. Mm -hmm. And then finally they were like, oh, okay, sure. But if you can't prove it, 
you can't you're go back. Just, you're just yeah. at their mercy. Exactly. Jeez. So well, always have your paper lesson. trail for the IRS. Mm -hmm. Absolutely certified mail. Keep your receipts with it. Mm -hmm. Keep the tracking number with Take it. Take a picture of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can mm -hmm. send it like super certified mail where they have to sign for it when it gets to them mm -hmm. so that you know when they sign for it too. Oh, I would do yeah, that. Yeah. So Type we in. did that with the second when we sent yeah. our support. We sent it that version so that we could yeah. tell whenever they got it. Yes. That's cool. what that's my, cool some of my recommendations it. would be with that one. Okay. Some of the cons there. Again, you have to file with the IRS to be an S corp. You have to be approved. Yes, yeah, yes, it's like a club. You have to mm -hmm. get it. exactly, and you do have to say certain things like of why you're electing this, and they have to approve it. Okay, there are certain corporations that are ineligible for this status, and again, I'm not totally clear on all of them. It's certain types of businesses at certain instances can be approved as an S corp, and sometimes you can't. Mm -hmm. I know that service providers. Are one that it's a little bit trickier. You have to not be considered the sole employee of your business is one of the stipulations. So like say I had no employees at Know Your Worth and I was doing everything myself. And you were making above that 50 And I was making above profit. that. But the IRS could say that I'm the only one there. I don't have a team. I'm doing every job function. Then I can't make that switch. You are the owner of the business. You are everything. You have to prove that you deserve a salary. So you have to prove that there are employees of your business and that you are a different role than what you were before. Interesting. And again, I'm not totally clear on all of the businesses and what those things that the IRS would say no to you for. Mm -hmm. So again, that's where it's really good to just file with you. So my tax accountant helped us file with this because mm -hmm. I wasn't clear on all of the requirements. So I just went to them and said, what do I need to do? to make sure that I have this. And we went through all the checklists. We explained why. And we submitted the form to the IRS. And it got approved. But we just had to go back and then say, no, we want it for again. this year. Yeah. Yeah. You have to prove yourself. So, okay. Exactly. Well, that's exactly. all good to know. There are definitely certain states that have different reporting requirements for S-Corp. So be aware of the state that you're in and what their reporting requirements are. If you do use something like LegalZoom to set up your business entity, they have programs within their system that will alert you when those filings need to happen. So you can keep track and keep a good checklist if you work with them. Or again, your tax accountant should let you know when there's certain filing requirements. But some of them you're responsible for and you need to be aware of them. So absolutely check what your state regulations are. They're right on the state website. That's pretty clear. If you go mm -hmm. to your state's website, at least in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. when the deadlines are for things to be submitted, yep. they're pretty clear on the Pennsylvania state websites for what the dates are for those. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. So then after the S-Corp, how many more steps are there? There are a couple. We're not going to get into nonprofits too much mm -hmm. and we're not going to get into like co-ops so much. But the next one is a C-Corp. And again, I'm, we're not going to get too, too much into the C-Corp either. The C-Corp election is so you are subject to tax at both the corporate and the personal level. So there's some pros. You have the limited liability protection. Mm -hmm. The biggest difference is you can raise funds through stocks. So that's like the biggest time that we hear, at least in my operations, in my business, when I hear companies going from an S-Corp to a C-Corp, mm -hmm. is that they are issuing stock in the company. So they're getting investors and they're yeah. issuing stock in the company. A pro to this is the transfer of ownership with the company is very easy because you just use stocks. Mm -hmm. So you just buy or sell the stocks for the company and that's how you transfer ownership of the company. That's a very easy way to transfer ownership. It can be much more difficult when you don't have that because it's just how does this change? How is it shifting hands? Who is responsible? And it's just a lot more in depth where you can just buy and sell stocks for that transfer of ownership. There's a couple other things that go along with that. But 
the ease of the transfer of ownership is a lot simpler with a C-Corp. Do you have to be making like a certain amount of money to qualify? Like, is this another one that you have to prove that you should be one? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And again, I would say you need to look at the state by state requirements mm -hmm. because it is different state by state. And because you do have to adhere to stricter like regulatory reporting when you have stock and investors and you're filing as a C-Corp. You do have to file the annual tax return, again, just like pretty much all of them. But this one is subject to that double taxation because you're taxed on the corporate level and on the personal level there, mm. too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a lot. My brain feels stretched. That was meaty. <laughs> but I feel, like that was it was a lot. Really, I feel like it was really informative. So we talked about choosing your business entity. Mm -hmm. We talked about EIN numbers. Mm -hmm. We talked about registering your business. Yes, in your state, local, state absolutely. And local. Anything else that we think we should cover in this first series, the first episode? I also think that whenever you register your business, you should also have in mind if there are any licensing and permitting requirements in your business. So if you're a therapist, there are different licensing requirements. You need to have certain licenses in different states. Mm -hmm. If you are opening certain consulting, if you are opening a CPA firm and you are, you're held to certain licensing requirements by certain governments, okay, state governments, you know, there's just different piece to that. So if you are opening a business, I would just look up what your business is, what the general type is. And also what that means for you. Do you have to follow certain standards? Do you have more filing requirements? Nonprofits do. There are just, again, there's a lot of different, when it comes to licensing and permitting, there are a couple different segments, a couple different business industries that require more. I would say for the majority of my clients, there's really not. My clients haven't really interacted with a lot of that. So from my perspective, a lot of the clients that we work with don't have really specific licensing and permitting that they have to go through. Mm -hmm. But it's something you should absolutely be aware of when you're starting your business. It's something that you should look into it just to make sure you're registered with the right bodies and that you have the right certifications for it. Yeah. What mm -hmm. I've taken away from this episode is to stay in your lane and know what you don't know and find the people who know what you don't know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's always worth it to consult with a professional. So mm -hmm. consult with your lawyer, consult with your tax accountant, consult with Google and the internet too. Start from there to get a basic understanding, but then take that knowledge and talk to some more people that can give you some good insight. Talk to other business owners. What are their positives and negatives from either the way that they're structured or the way that they're paying themselves did they go through a company to register for these? Did they go through a lawyer? Did they fill out the paperwork themselves mm -hmm. and how they got started with some of that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. This is a lot. I, it's a lot of information. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that once it's done, it's like a one and done, right? Exactly. For the most part until yeah. you level yeah. up exactly. in the way your business is growing. Yeah. But you're also learning as your business is growing. Yes. And the people who you do hire to take care of these things are keeping an eye out for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And it's okay to say what you don't know. Yes. I email our accountants. Now that I met you, I email him <laughs> far less. But I'm sure there are times where he's gotten emails and he wants to beat his head off his desk and just be like, I told you this a thousand times. But well, keep asking until yeah, you understand. Keep asking until you understand. Absolutely. I mean, you need the information. One of my biggest pet peeves with business owners, and that this is, again, this is personal, personal preference well, here, no, personal opinion. Know, One of my biggest pet peeves with business owners is when they don't want to learn what they're required to do. Mm -hmm. 
So it's okay to not know in the beginning. It's Mm -hmm. okay. You don't understand what you need to do or what you need to report on and who you're responsible to as a business owner. But you need to know that. You need Mm -hmm. to know where your weak spots are. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a business owner that has, say you're someone that's registered as an LLC, you can have employees when you're registered as an LLC. Even though you might not be on payroll, you can have employees. That are. But you need to make sure that you are covered. Are you paying 1099 contractors the right way? Mm -hmm. Should they be employees? It's up to you to know that. And if you don't know that, you should ask. You should Mm -hmm. look because you could be held responsible for that. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, it's tough whenever I get business owners that come and they will ask questions and I give them a response or I give them what the IRS recommends or what their state or locality recommends. And they don't know, nor did if they don't think it's their responsibility. Yeah, that makes sense. Ultimately, it is your responsibility as the business owner to make sure you are set up the right way. Mm -hmm. You can have other companies help you. You can have your tax accountant help you. You can have your lawyer help you. Unless they are negligent, it's your responsibility to make sure things are correct and that you're filing the right forms and you're filing the right uh, appropriate things. You as the business owner are ultimately responsible. And that's, I think, one of the things that's really positive but also really negative about today's kind of day and age It's so easy to start a business. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to be their own business owner. They want to work independently. They want to be in charge of their own schedule. And it's so easy to get started. Mm -hmm. But it's also so easy to get started the wrong way. Yeah, it would behoove you to do it the right way. It would behoove you (laughs) to do it the right way. Do some Googling. Do some research. Take that responsibility. (laughs) Take that personal responsibility to get set up the right way. Pay who you need to pay to set it up the right way. If you can't do it or don't understand how to, make sure you have a trusted advisor that is there to help you. And... You can do it. You can do it. We're rooting for you. Yeah, you can do it. So good luck getting set up. I hope you do. Yeah, follow your dreams. Absolutely. Start the business. (laughs) Yeah, we will. We encourage everyone to start their own business. Anybody that wants to, you can do it. Starting your own business also protects you. If you are doing something on the side and just start the business, protect yourself, protect your assets. It's just a little bit of an upfront cost to make sure that you have that security, too. So it is worth it later. It is worth it. So good luck. And enjoy and let us know if you guys need any help. We have a free guide on our website yes. that breaks down each one of these business entities that Sid talked about today. Mm-hmm. So you can go to knowyourworthpgh.com yes. and grab the business entity startup guide. Absolutely. It is there for you for all of your reading pleasure. <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> enjoy. All right. Bye. <laughs> See ya. If you found a bit of inspiration in this episode for achieving your sexy money goals, click the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app or YouTube so that you never miss an episode. Are you ready to get a lot more strategic with your sexy money goals? You've been working hard. You want to make the most informed decisions possible on what you can afford, whether that's bringing on a new employee, investing in developing a new revenue stream, or making a big move with your personal finances. We can support you with a financial analysis to provide you with the tangible data that you need to make the best decision. Book a call with us and we'll share how we can work together to achieve your goals.